enjoy this episode, please like, follow, and rate the show. It helps us grow and keeps the episodes coming. Also, follow us on Instagram at something unoriginal podcast so you never miss updates on the show. Thank you. And we're back. Nice. All right. <laughs> well, Brian, uh, this is an interesting experience. You're the first person I've had on the podcast that uh, I don't actually know personally. Heck yeah. So uh, it's good to have you on, man. Um, got a couple things I wanted to talk to you about. Very little because I know very little about you. Well, first, how do we meet? That's a good, that was, that should be how we start, right? Um, you were at Best Buy. You were getting some stuff. I actually don't know your name. I'm Carter. Carter. <laughs> Carter. All right. Don't. <laughs> Legitimately did not remember. Sorry. Dude, it happens, man. We've talked it so totally seldom. Happens. Yeah. I was so stoked when you're like, are you still down? I'm like, of course. Yeah. No, me too. I was, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm really nervous right now. <laughs> why <laughs> just because i don't know who, like i don't know like normally I have rapport with the person on i'm the, the most chill like nothing you could say i would judge and For like sure. i'm so novice myself yeah that it's like totally chill yeah no i appreciate that because you i mean even just our quick interaction at best buy um for those that don't know i work really part-time at best buy um one day a week because i want that sweet sweet discount mm. um and like during my shift, you had shown up to buy a bunch of podcasting gear, and then we got a little bit talking. Um, I think we we're actually talking to your coworkers. Yeah, yeah. You and were. I was like pushing them to tell me what their podcast was, <laughs> and it's these like two just like virgin LDS yeah. dudes at the counter. Yeah, and they go, and our podcast is called the what was it? Sex I think cast? The Sexperts. The Sexperts. That's yeah. what it was. And yeah. I was like so taken aback. <laughs> but so, dude, they they go off about their because the whole. It was, like, so organic mm-hmm. that it was, like, just the perfect time. Like, yeah. It felt like, you know what I mean? Like, right time, right circumstance, just, like, good vibes. Yeah. Because they were, like, all about their podcast, and they weren't starting. Yeah. And I was, like, buying all this shit. Yeah, So I was, yeah. like, you know what? What would you get? Yeah. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, yeah. They've told me this. Yeah, I was, like, what they were you, stoked. What would you get? Night. And they're, like, well, we would buy this. Yeah. And then I'm, like, and if you had this, like, would you do the podcast? Yeah. So, actually, I plan on going back oh, and really? being like, hey, did you do the podcast yet? Yeah. Because <laughs> I freaking went over, grabbed their thing, yeah, and I just put it on, and I was like, I'm going to walk away from this once yeah. I buy it, and whoever takes it, takes it. And if you guys do the sex therapy, the sexperts, sexperts yeah. podcast, then great. But I was so stoked for them to get started because they were, like, hyped on it. Oh, yeah. And the premise was just so hilarious that I was like, <laughs> this is going to be gold if yeah. they ever do it. Oh, for sure. They've been talking about it for months. Like, oh, my gosh. I think I, I had mentioned something about, like, me doing my podcast. And they were like, we, we want to start one. Let's do it. And then they kind of had this weird idea. It has to have video. I It <laughs> should. It, it would be a tragic shame yeah if it does not have video oh yeah for sure <laughs> they're just funny guys like they're they're really interesting people so the most rant that was the the last thing i expected to come out of their mouth <laughs> and then you come up and you're like i have a podcast too and i was like no yeah. way yeah well yeah as soon as i walked up thomas one of the ones you were talking to was like oh yeah he's got one he's got a podcast too and you were just right away like dude let's do it get me on let's do it and i was like all right yeah, yeah. i'm cool with it so i was in dang man there was a good like after you had left, by the way, after you had dropped that stuff off, they were, like, so stoked. And, like, what what the hell just happened? Like, what? I guess we have to do it now. <laughs> hell, so yeah. Last time I saw them, they were actually like, yeah, we're recording it tonight. We're doing no our way. first podcast. So oh, they've done an episode I'm now. I'm so excited to go hear it. Yeah, me too. I wonder if they're going to post it anywhere. 
I hope they do. They were asking me a bunch of questions about like hosting and stuff. So I hope that they actually do produce it and get it out there. Heck yeah. I don't know if either of them have experience in like audio production, but yeah. uh, hopefully it does. So I normally start these things now okay. since episode 10 with a thing called Tell Me This. Uh, at my job, I work at a solar company. Um, and we have this guy, his name is Raul. He's one of my best buddies. He, uh, he randomly will come up to me, say, tell me this, and then give me two options without context. <laughs> I have no, like, some of them have been super weird. Uh, in one of the episodes recently, one of them was, tell me this, long and pointy or short and stubby. <laughs> so yours is going to be a little bit weird. I was like, oh, God, please no. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do I got it into? Yours is, yours is good. I think, I think you'll give some good insight. Okay. Coliseum style. Who, what do you have a better chance of surviving against five hyenas or one lion? Oh, shit. <laughs> Dang. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. It's like a man fighting a gorilla or something, you know? Yeah. It's like you who would win. All the time in the world to answer this, by the way. Okay. Like the whole podcast time? If you want to. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to, like, walk it through. So, yeah. like, the hyenas, like, not as powerful. Yeah. Right? But yeah, obviously, quick. you be smaller. Yeah. So, you gotta be, like, quick and agile. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a running back. So I'm like, you know, I could dip and dodge. Um, <laughs> the lion seems like it might overpower me. Yeah, for sure. But also like slightly slower. Actually, okay. I don't know. Still fast? I, I have no idea. Okay. I think so. I'm going to go with the five hyenas. Really? Yeah. Okay. I feel like the lion, you got no chance. Yeah, that's how I feel about it too. That's like fighting a gorilla. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like there's no chance. Yeah, for sure. How big it, and it's in a coliseum. Yeah, yeah. Coliseum style, you're... Oh, yeah. They're probably still the hungry. The hyenas, for sure. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So the original thing is 10 hyenas versus one lion, but oh. everybody always answers ten, one lion is easier to survive. So I thought I'd bring it down a little bit, make it a little more level yeah, playing field. Yeah, like 10. Like, there's no yeah, way. 10, it's not happening. Yeah. You're not. But uh, now that's interesting you say that. I feel like um, you're the first person that's on, on Team Hyena. Yeah. At I mean, least I'm on Team Hyena, but like. I feel like I'm realistic. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not overplaying like how confident I'll be fighting a lion. Oh yeah, you know for sure. So interesting. Okay, yeah. I like that. Uh, the dead, like, like, isn't the lion like the king of the jungle? Oh like, yeah, the deadliest predator in like you know Central Africa or oh, whatever yeah. they live. Oh totally. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people that I ask this question to too. They they say yeah, you just like try and poke its eyes out. But I've heard stories of people like trying to stick their thumb into a lion's eye and then like just it blinking breaks their thumb. I don't know if that's true. It sounds like a wives' tale, but it does also sound crazy. It also feels true. Yeah, it does, doesn't it's it? It's so crazy that it could be true. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, who made that up? Yeah. Oh, man. Crazy stuff, man. Well, thanks for answering that question. I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. So, uh, you're heading off to the Super Bowl this weekend. We had to make sure we jumped in here before the Super Bowl got, got going. Okay. How'd you get tickets to the Super Bowl? I actually don't have tickets yet. You don't? Okay. No. I'm planning on going and seeing how it goes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... The tickets are outrageously priced. Yeah, they're way too much money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're headed down there to see how it goes. Yeah. But there's a lot going on that weekend. So, okay. there's, like, the um, the waste management golf tournament. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's a Which I hear is crazy. Oh, one of the best. Yeah. I've never been. It's on my bucket list because of how raucous the crowd gets. Yeah. And the 16th hole is, like, a very special hole. It's, like, an indoor enclosed dome hole. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so that's what I have tickets to is to be on that 16th green. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. cool. And I'm new as a golf fan. Yeah. So, like, I'm so spoiled. Yeah. Like, my golf experiences have been, like, the Ritz-Carlton in Maui. Yeah. Uh, what else did I do? I did Trump International in Ireland. Oh, interesting. I did um, Pebble Beach. 
yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a famous one. Is it in Hawaii? No. Oh. Uh, but I, I've heard of Pebble Beach, so yeah. I know that it is famous. California. Oh, it's in California. Okay. Pebble Beach and Spyglass. Okay. So I've like golf, like sense. the dopest golf courses. Yeah, some of the nicest ones. ones. <laughs> and so I feel like way spoiled. Yeah. But I do know how nice they are. So yeah, like for I sure. did definitely appreciate it. But this waste management tournament's like super well known for the crowd being nuts and yeah. it being kind of more young focused you know what i mean yeah for sure whereas more golf's traditional and uh decorum and like all this other mm-hmm. stuff waste management sort of like the crowd that lets loose yeah for sure so i was like that's what i want to go to so i'm willing to watch that one i'm playing golf on saturday morning uh friday night a contact of ours who's a work partner okay is going to take us out friday night and there's the super bowl is like this whole thing you know yeah. what i mean it's not just the super bowl yeah the super bowl is like the cherry on top yeah and so there's all these surrounding events. And Friday night, there's this massive event that, like, Gronk, I don't know if you guys, if you know who that is, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob. Tight end of the Patriots and then uh, Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. He's the host, and it's a casino night plus karaoke. Oh, no way. So I was like, okay, we have to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And these work partners that I'm taking, um, they're just super good guys. Mm-hmm. And it's more of like a reward for them. Yeah. And they have tickets already. Oh, interesting. So I made sure that they had tickets. Yeah. I'm waiting to see how I'm going to get mine. Okay. Like, push right. comes to shove, like, I'll buy them. But yeah. I really don't want to because they're outrageously priced. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. way too much money. Wasn't the cheapest ticket, like, almost 20 grand? Uh, no. It was oh, 4000 Oh, that's not as bad as I thought. But yeah, still, it's still, though, terrible that's terrible. Yeah. I mean, you're going to take two or three people. It's twelve grand. Yeah. So, it's, you know, more or less, I'd almost rather go tailgate yeah. and then go watch it on TV. Yeah. I don't know if you've been to a ton of uh, pro sporting events. Just jazz games. Specifically football. If you're on the top bowl or if you're on the goalpost sides, Mm -hmm. so not the field side, Yeah, it's impossible to see what's happening. Really? Yeah. And I'm blind. It's like I need like extremely huge glasses to see what's going on. (laughs) So if I went at all, I'd take like binoculars with me because you can't see shit from the stands unless you're field side, 50-yard line. You want to be... You know, being super close to the field's good, but you want to be like a few rows back mm-hmm. so you can actually see the game. And I'm such a fan, like nerd style, that yeah. I want to know what's going on. So I love the energy of the crowd and being there. Totally. But at the expense of watching the game, you yeah. know, and experiencing who's winning and losing and what's mm-hmm. actually happening. And it's crazy how well the NFL has put on a production. Yeah. The NFL is like the top of the top for production as far as like what you get how you view it the announcement like just their whole the way they present their product if you just view sports as a product they got to be somewhere at the top oh yeah they're like the pinnacle of the viewing experience for football is just off the charts yeah for sure so i'm not super you know married to the idea of being at the actual game yeah for sure i want to do the events around the game i want to show these guys a good time yeah and um i definitely would love to go but if we don't go i'm happy tailgating and going to you know a different venue dang that's a good experience though anyway like i feel like just being in that energy like it's people around the country it's not just people from that area yeah i've been to two super bowls before oh really yeah okay and so there's definitely something to that like there's a magnetism in the crowd yeah you're just like dang i'm in this thing yeah and the crowd is just nuts when people score and when there's first downs and critical plays and so you're just in it Mm -hmm. it's like an experience but then once you've been in it um it it never loses its you know it never loses its value but it's just it's fun to watch the game 
and experience the game from the broadcast view. For sure, for sure. So even sometimes when you're there, you end up watching it on your phone, just to be honest. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like as a Formula One fan, I don't know if you're a Formula One fan at all. Uh, Not really, but... Not really. You've yeah. seen a... You know what it is, at least. Yeah. Overseas, Formula One's huge. Oh, yeah. Huge. But uh, They are as big as LeBron James over there. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows who Max Verstappen mm-hmm. is. Yeah. But uh, as a Formula One fan, I'm scared to go to a race because you get the one part of the track. Yeah. And I know that I'm just going to be on F1 TV on my phone the whole time if I go. I went to the Daytona 500 three years ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what it was like. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was just bored. <laughs> <laughs> I would feel terrible saying that. You have no idea where anything, what yeah. position the cars are I was in. like, this is really difficult for me to watch. Yeah. And it's just like the car would come around at 168 oh, miles yeah. an hour or whatever it was every time. Just go right by and then you were out of it yeah. for 30 seconds and then come by again oh, 200 man. laps yeah that so Dude. i was like you know these are better viewed for me on on tv yeah for sure that makes sense yeah you get way more action on tv too which makes sense but yeah especially when you're i don't want to drone on on this topic but when you're watching Mahomes, yeah who like i'm a 49ers fan okay so i booked the whole trip prior to the niners losing i was like so oh, confident they were gonna go to the super bowl yeah yeah Brock Purdy, the first series, tears his UCL in his arm. He's out. Oh, yeah. That was our third-string quarterback to start with. That sucks. So we're fourth-string quarterback. We lose the game. Mm-hmm. I was like, I already booked this trip, committed all these resources. Um, it's also a work thing. Yeah. You know, I want to – it's it's more of like a friendship thing, too. These guys I've worked with for so long, and they're just such good guys, and they don't oftentimes get to have this experience because we're always working. Yeah, for sure. And so I think more or less the trip plays into the idea of enjoying the process, mm-hmm. like taking the time to just do something fun because life can just be such a grind and work can yeah. be such a grind. And um, I actually wrote this down today because um, I was really feeling this way mm-hmm. was like achievement and fulfillment are not the same thing. Hmm. And we oftentimes confuse the two. Yeah, for sure. And when you confuse fulfillment with achievement, you end up empty in the end. Yeah. And so the trip really was about trying to get fulfillment, right, Mm -hmm. from all the achievement. Yeah. And so that's big for me with my teams. Like, I always talk about that all the time. And um, just being in the position I'm in, how many people that I talk to, is I've really started to push out ideas that have taken me a decade to learn. Mm -hmm. And I don't want people to go through that decade to have to learn them. Yeah, for so sure. I'm trying to like hyper speed them forward and be like, you got to have fun. Yeah. If you don't have fun, you're eventually, no matter what it is you're doing, you're going to get bored. You're going to hate it. You're going to like feel not happy. Yeah. You know? And I think ultimately fulfillment should be the goal, not achievement. Interesting. How do you feel like, or why do you think that people get those confused? Cause I think, and you know, I'm not trying to rip this guy off. I can't remember his name, <laughs> um, but I you, you heard my previous conversations. I'm always, yeah, I'm always like reading and learning and listening. You know, I you seem like a my, very pensive person. I always so. got my ear open to yeah. what's going on. So if I hear something, I'm a really audible learner. Mm-hmm. So I have this terrible condition where I can't remember where anything is, like spatially. Yeah. If I lose my keys, those are gone. <laughs> You'll never my find AirPods, I got nine AirPods. Like really? I have no idea where the hell they are. Dang man. But if I hear something, for whatever reason, I can just. Sticks. Yeah. yeah like and so um this guy was talking about this today I'm, i wish i could credit him right now i'm really shitty i can't remember his name um but anyways this isn't my original idea 
He, um, <laughs> we'll find him sometime. Yeah, we'll yeah. find him and look him up after. What was your guy's name? G Money. Oh yeah, G Young G Money. Look him up. Find him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get him on G Money. Please p- figure this out for yeah. us. So he he talks about that how achievement and uh, fulfillment are, you know, achievement is something that you look at and. Um, you're like, oh, this guy has this woman, or this guy has this car, or this guy has this house. And you're like, wow, like, I want that thing. Yeah, for sure. And then when you achieve it, you're like, this didn't really make me feel fulfilled. Yeah. So I confused fulfillment with achievement. And when I got the thing, it wasn't actually fulfillment. It was just hard to get. Yeah. And those are two different things. Yeah. Right? And so oftentimes they become synonymous because things are really hard to get. Mm-hmm. And so you feel like once you get the really hard thing to get that you'll feel fulfilled. Yeah. But it's actually completely opposite. Yeah. That's interesting. And so in hustle culture, yeah, people sometimes get concepts that are opposites mm-hmm. and then they make them synonymous. Yeah, for sure. And definitely achievement and fulfillment is one of those. Yeah. That's crazy. It's interesting you say that because I've never like actually thought about that concept, but do you, do you think that's, a big reason as to why people say fall in love with the journey and not the destination. Yeah. And I mean, dude, this is like a decade in like 12 years in, you know what I mean? 32 Mm -hmm. started when I was 20. Um, just on the path of business. Yeah. And I think that there's more resources today than there's ever been. Oh, for sure. And so all the best ideas are already out there. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like up to us to go to like, there's this sea of ideas always. Yeah. There's these podcasts, there's these, 30 second clips on you know youtube and instagram and all this shit and like oh yeah you know those have replaced the library mm-hmm. right i don't feel so old saying the library <laughs> but like actual books with texts and you know what i mean reading is much different than listening yeah so all the best ideas are already there mm-hmm. we're not going to come up with something new hmm. that's how i feel yeah yeah for sure um society is a superstructure. everything that's ever could be thought of has been thought of in some format form or fashion yeah and it's up to us to go to that sea of ideas and pick things out and Mm -hmm. try to build an identity around what we want to be and so when you're like that's an interesting concept or that's this or that's that it's someone already came up with it it's just we haven't found it yet yeah for sure you know we haven't looked through enough pages or we haven't listened to enough podcasts or we haven't gone and find the ideas that define us Hmm. something that's super important as a person especially in the pursuit of any business goal is to start with who you are and a lot of people have a hard time with that because they don't know how to build that and so i think that's a fundamental for people starting out in their business life is getting that fundamental of who you are and that process requires you to go read listen and learn and then pick out the very best of what you want to be something Mm -hmm. that you can be successful at something you can be proud of and something you're willing to do all the time yeah consistent And if you can do that, you're going to jive with a lot of these ideas that I'm talking about. Dang. Man, you're spitting knowledge on, uh, you're spitting knowledge on the podcast. I like this. You see, <laughs> I like wouldn't very, call like, it knowledge, but <laughs> it's least, a, I'm regurgitating other people's good things. Yeah. But at least, at least you have that in your memory bank, which is important. Right. Dang, that's interesting. Have you ever like mentored anybody? Um, or like thought about doing mentorship stuff? Yeah. I just always feel like so disingenuine. Really? When I'm. Like the idea of mentorship or money, you know, a mentor in my mind is almost like a person who cares about you enough Mm -hmm. to sit down and talk to you and just give you 
knowledge to mm-hmm. get you ahead. That to me is like mentorship. And yeah, so if totally. you're like in that context, I've mentored thousands of people. Yeah. But like, Dang. I don't like the, or it's not that I don't like, I actually don't look down on it at all. <laughs> Everybody has to make money. And I love that people find ways to make money with what they love. Right. Yeah, for sure. That to me is the most important is for you to do what you love so you can make your life go. Yeah. Right. And that money is required to make that happen. So I'm super stoked that people have found a way to monetize what they love, which is coaching. Yeah. But yeah. I do feel sometimes there's that fine line, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like a teacher. Like um, when the incentive is greater than the expected outcome, sometimes you get bullshit. Yeah, totally. And so I feel like sometimes coaching can be bullshit because um, there's this really cool quote that I always use with the guys um, and girls mm-hmm. is uh, that work at this company I work at. Mm-hmm is uh the man or woman who's made the journey must lead the way okay um because they uh see the world through experience not through emotion oh interesting yeah and so that to me is super important is there's a finite amount of mentors who have made the journey that you want to make yeah and so sometimes just like in you said you're in sales Mm -hmm. um someone who's terrible at sales will coach you on what to do I don't know if you've experienced this. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> They're like, For this, sure. is, this is what you do. And you're like, you've sold nothing. I've sold a ton of stuff. Yeah. And you're telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's hard to have that humility. So to me, a teacher and a coach or a mentor has to have made the journey first. Definitely. Right. Because there's a certain um, like honor that comes with that when they're actually giving you advice that's competent and correct instead of just doing it out of like ego or money. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's super important. And so I try not to get those confused. That's dope, man. Man, those are good. Those are real good. I was not expecting this much out of this conversation, <laughs> not going to lie. I was coming through thinking of bullshit, but this is yeah, great. Dude. I look terrible, so. <laughs> no, dude, you're totally good. It's what you're saying that's important. Not yeah. what, hey, not the you words look. coming out of my mouth, you know. Those are bad. Those are just other people's ideas. I'm not taking credit. Hey, but if you if you have the aggregate of the information, I feel like that's what's important, right? Just a resource here. Yeah. Plus, there's people that are listening to this that need to hear that that didn't find it, right? So you're just now the medium of them finding out. <laughs> My obsessive skills of reading and listening have <laughs> finally paid off. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Dang, man. That's sweet. Um, so obviously, a lot of this comes from like your journey in business, right? Well, you work at a larger company in the Valley here. Um do you enjoy what you do and kind of what was the process in getting to where you're at? Do I enjoy what I do? Yes. Okay. So there's that right off the bat. Yeah, for sure. And then the qualifiers, right? So, um, does anybody actually enjoy doing hard shit? Mm -hmm. I'd say no. I'd say that we condition ourselves over time Mm -hmm. to be able to do hard shit so that we get the, um, runner's high. Yeah, for sure. Right. Nobody likes running the marathon. Everyone loves the feeling after the marathon of accomplishment and fulfillment. Yeah, totally. And so I would say that my job is extremely difficult and stressful. Okay. And all jobs are and all pursuits are that are worthy of pursuing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in that context, I love what I do because it challenges me every day. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think when I don't challenge myself that I feel I feel just lesser. I don't feel like I'm living up to my potential and it leads me to, it leads me to just feel stuck or stagnant. I hate that feeling. Yeah. And so whenever I feel stuck, stagnant or stopped, I, um, and I know not everyone has this luxury, 
but I just I won't do it. Yeah. I'll just change directions. Um just out of principle. Yeah, for sure. And I've always kept that in my mind at every job I've ever done. Hmm. Cuz I don't like the word job. Yeah, for sure. I just think it's synonymous with like sad. <laughs> like anytime totally. someone yeah, thinks yeah. of job, they're like soul crushing, 9 to 5, job, sad, uh something I have to go to. Yeah, totally. And I don't think of anything in life that way. I think that we get to do things. Just the fact that we have two feet and two hands and can stand up and walk around me and you in this room yeah. is a blessing in its own. And we totally. should be grateful for every single thing that comes after that. As a person who's dealing with stagnation in my current job and in my position, um, you mentioned kind of moving in a different direction to avoid that. How do you feel like that's helped you as far as in your career goes? Um, like moving in a different direction. I'd say that question's always tough. Yeah. Because... Um, you know, I don't want to like sit here and like preach people what to do, totally. but I definitely feel that if you feel stagnant, stuck or stopped, that you need to make a change and that change is totally dependent on what you love. Yeah. And so to me, like passions and pursuits are the same thing. Okay. If you're not pursuing your passion, then, um, your self-worth and your progression stop. Yeah. And ultimately, no matter how much money you make over that time period, it's never enough to fill up the gap. Hmm. And so when you're making that change, like something that I didn't know that I was doing at the time that I ended up reflecting back on is um, I wanted to design something that I owned fully. Mm -hmm. And that was always a passion of mine. Like I'm just an entrepreneurial person. Yeah. And so I want to design the framework if I can't design the framework, then I don't want to do it. Yeah. Because I love creating. It's almost like painting or playing guitar or like just making something. If I can make something, then I'm super passionate about it because I'll pursue it as if it's my own thing. It's my own company. It's my own dream. It's my own, you know, like selfishly, it's a drive for me to want to build and create. And so when I don't feel like I'm building and creating, it's hard for me to pursue those things. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. So when you change directions to answer your question yeah, is definitely for me personally, it's been something that I can build and create that drives that change and forces me to, um, fulfill on the mission. Interesting. Well then I don't feel as bad now cause we're doing the podcast and that's my passion. I feel like I'm chasing that. So Heck yeah, dude. thank you for that information. I appreciate that. I feel like you're a really wise guy, man. This is like definitely not. I've definitely listen to a lot of other wise people and then just repeat what they say hey again though that's where like you're the medium for this which is important yeah um dang man so what got you wanting to do a podcast then um like i said earlier i'm not really it's not i'm not pursuing anything Mm -hmm. i'm passionate about conversations i've had with friends and family and um one of the main things that made me want to do the podcast is my friend he uh, has gone through some mental health struggles and we have like a lot of conversations around that and it's very helpful mm-hmm. um, because like mental health is like a big stigma around like being weak or uh, incapable or something like that. And so really like the, the, the idea behind the podcast was um, – or the reason why I want to get into it or record conversations in any form or fashion. Like I said, like, I don't know if I'll ever release any of them. Yeah. For but sure. it's just to look back and reflect on, you know, I feel like through conversating and speaking, 
like sometimes you come to truths that you didn't know before by collaborating Mm -hmm. it's like language is like the great collaborator like it allows us to share ideas yeah because words are just noises that like indicate what we're thinking inside yeah so like when we can collaborate in a vocal setting sometimes you can find stronger or better truths that help everybody in the room yeah totally that's what i think strong conversations do is they like uplift people yeah and so um when i talk to this guy you know we talk about like some dark shit man like you know like stuff he's going through or stuff i'm going through or you know things we've thought about life like we're now in our 30s you know young 30s whatever yeah and there's definitely a transition in life where you go from you know you're young you're gonna conquer the world then there's like possessions and women and then you kind of like keep going up the ladder and then you're like well there's more and then um sometimes i feel like specifically i i work with a lot of young men Mm -hmm. and there's this insane pressure on young men to be in this hustle culture and like yeah progress and like manifest all this shit and like be the number one at everything and the pressure is so intense that i just feel like the society like people are just feeling like depressed and sad Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of good information and resources out there about mental health and how to deal with like those feelings and so i just feel like when i talk to this guy i mean this is a decade of personal experience he can speak to yeah I also have felt some of the same feelings and um, if I could go back to my 20 year old self, I would tell him all those things. Yeah, for sure. And so that was kind of the idea behind it is like, if I could talk to myself at 20 or other men at 20, here's what I would tell you. Yeah, for sure. To avoid all this, just, you know, if you don't have a strong support system, like a friend like that, or you don't have a loving mother or family or home, you know, like how do you overcome those things and what are strategies you can employ and what have other people gone through? So you're not alone yeah so i think at a a base human level we're so worried about being alone or being an outcast that sometimes that manifests itself in super negative ways oh totally like um you know obfuscation or hiding right things about yourself that you don't want to have out there Mm -hmm. and i don't want to drone on on the subject but (laughs) just our idea of strength is like all based around like this idea like six foot two guy 230 pounds jacked right and like all these attributes but then on the inside this person feels a totally different way and our ideas of strength revolve around not being vulnerable from a a emotional perspective and a spiritual perspective yeah but really like how i've seen life progress and my feelings about life are that the strongest people in life are the people who can be vulnerable Hmm. and so i think that's just a paradigm shift that we should go through just that's what i try to help my um people that i'm close with in my circle about because um yeah that paradigm shift's important if you can't get vulnerable and you can't be honest then you're gonna push a lot of shit down deep down and it's gonna come out in ways that you wouldn't expect yeah for sure yeah i feel like that's i mean personally for me that was something i i really dealt with as far as like i've i've dealt with a lot of mental mental health issues in my in my day right uh from anxiety disorders to um extreme depression when i was in high school which i don't understand why that is (laughs) but um it's interesting that you bring that up because i feel like it's it's something that needs to be discussed more and needs to be destigmatized because of the fact that like everybody's going through their own stuff it's how we react to it that 
is our own issue. And I think that I don't even know where I'm going with this other than like our reaction is what is stigmatized and our reaction should be what's humanized. If that makes sense. I think it's a lack of information because there's a lack of communication. Yeah. And so when people don't talk about it, there's no resources out there and there's no information and there's nowhere to go to figure out what to do. Hmm. So you're left to your own devices and like human beings left to their own devices do a lot of crazy shit. Yeah. So rather than have that happen, it's more important to just get it out there and talk about it and not be afraid or judgment or, you know what I mean? Persecution about how you feel or what's going on in your head because, um, to really, it's, it's, it's so counterintuitive to really get where you want to go. You have to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And if you never like bad leaders are not vulnerable, bad leaders are ego driven. Yeah. Really good leaders of men have the strength to be vulnerable with their, uh, constituents or team. And that's the way people can get to know you. Yeah, totally. And it also builds a, a strength, right? There's like strength in numbers. Success doesn't happen alone. Yeah. And if you white knuckle it your whole life, like that's no way to live. Mm -hmm. Like we're not meant to be independent beings. Like we're supposed to be connected. Yeah, totally. And so when we deny those connections, I feel like we get into all kinds of trouble. That's interesting. When do you think that changed? Cause I feel like in tribal mentality, that was not the case. Like, does that make even... <laughs> Did no, what you, I said you flush that out a little? Yeah, flush that out a little for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just like as far as you hear people talk about it all the time, but like people are kind of a, we have a tribe mentality kind of in our DNA, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of weird now we're in like this globalist or like this global um, in um, way of living, I guess. Where now we're all trying to like love everybody in the whole world and not be secluded to your own group. Um, now I lost my train of thought now. I don't know where I was going with that. No, yeah, I can kind of pick that up. I think I think where you're going is like tribalism, right? Like yeah. that's how we started, and then people feel like we're returning to that, especially yeah. politically. Everyone's very tribal. But my feeling is we don't know our history. Yeah. Like, and I hate like referencing Joe Rogan podcast because I feel like we'll get like, you know what I mean? I don't want to like rip off something they said, <laughs> but their guests are so informative. Yeah. And, you know, we don't actually know what happened we infer what happened from shit we find right but we don't actually know all of our histories yeah and so we don't know how it was like in the primordial times like yeah. we really don't know and so to me i do feel that humans have strong connections that need to be made and when humans are siloed off you can even like look in the research and like babies hum like people who are stuck in a room like all these different studies that have been done like we need other human beings to mm -hmm. coexist we have to and so to me, that's super important because like I said, when you silo up and you cover the weight of the world on your own shoulders, it's not like that's going away. It's just going deeper down yeah. into the psyche and into the body and it comes out in all sort of messed up ways. And we're on such a deep tangent here. And as like <laughs> uh, social media has progressed, the world just keeps getting bigger and bigger mm -hmm. and bigger. Our personal world is so big. We can see everything. We know there's a fucking war in Ukraine. Yeah. You know what I mean? We think about that as people in America walking around on the street. Yeah, we have almost nothing to yeah. do with it whatsoever. We so. know all of the events. We know there was a, a an earthquake 10,000 miles away, right? Yeah. Like we know everything going on all the time. Everything all the time, all at once, right? Mm -hmm. We have all the information. And so I think it becomes more important than ever to connect on a larger basis. And then also to something I've noticed that's good for my health is like shrinking my world. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what's most important to me? And what do I need to focus on? When my screen time's up and I'm, like, scrolling through all this shit, like, I notice my mental health gets more negative. Yeah, for sure. And things that are important to me are my family, you know, my relationships, uh, my work. Like, I try to shrink it because when we try to take on the whole weight of the world, I feel like that's just pushing down on us something that is completely unnecessary yeah totally yeah okay that makes more sense because i I remembered where i was going with that is um because we used to be in maybe like this more tribal like small community place it may be easier to be vulnerable and not have the weight of the world kind of pushing down on you right your problems were more local to the people that you were around not so much on this huge scale of like oh these people are suffering across the world what am i supposed to do about that when you can't do anything you kind of feel helpless and it's hard to feel vulnerable because you don't feel like your problems are on the same scale as theirs so that's interesting all right um let's lighten it up a little bit what do you say yeah let's do it um uh one thing you had mentioned prior to the podcast something about being from thailand from growing up in thailand uh yeah i mean i grew up overseas a little bit okay when i was a kid so moved over there when i was two months old um, attended international school in Bangkok. Okay. And yeah, I don't, how, know, I don't know what you want to know. Well, how old, I guess, yeah, how, what was it like living in that culture and being, how old were you when you left, I guess, first? Two months. Well, two, when you left Thailand, came back to the oh, States. Uh, 10, 11. Okay. Yeah. So you had like your whole childhood was there. In a sense, yeah. In a sense. I okay. guess. Like, uh, adolescence here, but childhood there. Okay. And was it adolescence here in Utah, or was it somewhere else in the States? Utah, yeah. Utah, cool. We went to Southern California to start, and then back here when I was like 10, 11. Okay. Somewhere in there. Interesting. How do you feel like the culture growing up in Thailand changed your perspective here? Uh, I'm just super grateful yeah. to be here. So <laughs> I feel like uh, that was all I knew. And I went to, I attended international school in Bangkok. Like I said, it's an English speaking mm-hmm. school, probably uh, one of the best schools you could possibly go to. Um, so I was highly educated when I came back to the United States. I was educated at like uh, high school senior level. Like, oh, geez. Yeah, like school was a breeze for me. I had 4.0 all the way through. Um, but I was scared to come to the United States originally. And then once I got here, I was just so grateful. Yeah. Everything was so nice. The roads are working. <laughs> the, the road lights are working. Yeah. Infrastructure is a little yeah. bit better. Uh, I felt like Bangkok, Thailand definitely had, was a lot scarier than living here. Yeah. And so it's just um, something I've always felt being in America is just, I'm so grateful to be an American mm-hmm. and like what that means to me. Um, just the freedoms we enjoy, the, you know, stuff we take for granted, the road being paved, the water being clean in totally. most areas yeah and uh, there's a couple of sketchy places yeah no for sure <laughs> you don't want to drink the water in south texas Ugh. but uh yeah um just the stuff we take for granted i think that's important to remember that those things are only there because um of the nation we built and the people that helped us build it yeah totally and so i just i always feel grateful living here that's like something i've always taken away from it hell yeah that's awesome why did you what brought you to thailand when you were two months old oh uh, my parents had a job in manufacturing. Okay. And so they took that job overseas and uh, worked for a company over there for a decade or so. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. And then you moved back, obviously, after that whole thing happened. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's interesting because I've noticed your perspective on, like, just 
life in the world i feel like is a broader perspective compared to somebody who would have been raised here their entire life yeah i feel like that's definitely there's people who have been raised here their whole life that have broad perspectives that's and true. i think that's just i think that's more like a nature thing versus nurture right okay yeah. like not so much uh environment mm-hmm. but just kind of like india i don't know how else to say that yeah that's interesting Some people are just like seekers you know i feel that i feel that i'm a half seeker not a full seeker i'm a half seeker one foot in yeah exactly. one foot in the pool yeah and uh really i mean we'll see how this conversation goes but last thing that i really had on the list to talk to you about was you mentioned let's do doing movie reviews let's well, do we're it on here. <laughs> what uh so what have you seen recently i'm not much of a movie watcher as far as like anything that's not streaming yeah do you go are you a theater goer oh yeah i love the theater really yeah it's like one of my favorite things really? the movie theater is like sacred really yeah okay why what, what's the vibe there why why you, yeah just why <laughs> i have always wanted to be in filmmaking yeah i feel like that was something i missed out on um although i'm super grateful for how everything played out but for sure that's definitely um storytelling mm-hmm. storytelling to me is like the pinnacle um stories is everything for human beings it's how we tell our history it's how we inspire it's how we motivate it's everything yeah and film making quote unquote yeah and you know there's like snobby assholes out there that are like film on 35 yeah. millimeter film or whatever yeah. but it really is all the mediums mashed together to tell a story yeah for sure so you have sound you have um you know recording mm-hmm. or you have sound you have vid- uh visual you have um you have pacing you mm-hmm. have dialogue you have non-dialogue so there's all these different ways and all these different mediums come together like writing f- photography filming audio uh music to tell you something yeah and so i really appreciate films that do that yeah because they're just so inspiring hmm. interesting you yeah. a tarantino fan yeah actually really yeah inglorious bastards is right up there at the top really yeah out of all of them inglorious bastards yeah i really like uh what's his name in the story uh the uh nazi soldier oh christoph waltz character yeah christoph waltz character what's his name i want to say it's hans landa but i know that's the other guy (laughs) um i don't remember captain something yeah look look him up real quick this is why we need jamie yeah this is why we need g money to get on this stuff young g money add that in yeah for real just do please just Give us like insert name. Yeah. All right. We found it. Yeah. Hans Landa. That's his name. You got it. Hans. He, uh, his, uh, like the single shot of him in the house at the beginning of the movie talking to the, I I can't remember what the guy's like. He's like raising cattle. Yeah. Some rancher. French. Yeah. Uh, rancher or farm owner or whatever. But the tension in that scene and just the single shot and the dialogue and, just the mood of it all and then like mm-hmm. the tense music at the end i'm just like dang that is like top notch oh yeah yeah he and tells that perfectly that and the, uh, to me too that scene where he like where they're in the bar and he does his finger motion incorrectly oh yeah. says three and then it ends up being the wrong that's not like, him that's the other group yeah yeah correct i'm just but saying they, that scene yeah, during the, the movie oh tarantino how he's telling yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. where they do the three versus the three yeah and he's like that's not how germans do it yeah no it's so good <laughs> when they're putting the card on their head yeah i love that scene too that's a good one for sure dang okay 
Um, as far as movies recently that you've seen, you told me not to watch Black Panther. I thought it was trash. Really? Everyone's going to hate that. But Well, what made it trash? I haven't seen it, so. I just feel like it's, I really like the character study of Shuri. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Yeah. How her, I won't ruin it, but the story uh, progresses with her um, essentially like coming to terms with loss. I thought that was mm-hmm. really cool. Ryan Coogler's the director, I think. Okay. And um, he's obviously an awesome director and super accomplished. But just the rest of the movie, so shallow. Mm-hmm. You know, just like very surface level, everything, not really good explanations. And then some things just don't make sense, you know? Yeah, totally. And I just, it's those things take me out of a movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ugh, so lazy. I feel that. Could have yeah. just written this other thing and it would have been just as easy and would have made sense. And Yeah, where it almost up. feels like a cash grab. Yeah. Not a cash grab, really, but just like some just, I don't know, maybe I'm a nitpicker. Just half-assed, I guess. Yeah. The third act of the movie, they go out to the ocean hmm. to fight the water people. <laughs> Even though the water people said they were coming back yeah. to land seven days from now. Like stuff like that, you know, wait, just nerdy yeah. shit where I'm like, you just wait seven days and yeah. then you're going to fight on your terms, not on theirs. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? You have home court advantage yeah. at that point. Just let it happen. Some of the plans they cook up in these movies, I'm just like, and they're supposed to be the smartest civilization on earth. You're like, oh, this is yeah. bad. Who wrote this? Oh, that's rough, man. Yeah, okay, maybe I'll pass on that one then. Yeah. Action was pretty good. Uh, the main character story, pretty good. The bad guy, Namor, or Namor, however you say his name. Mm-hmm. The actor, gangster. Really? So good. But the character, weak. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to take Well, now I feel like I do have to watch it in order to like see all the... To hate it. To hate it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hate watch. Yeah, for sure. Hey, did you see the new Avatar as well? I did. What did you think of that one? Ooh, yeah. I've I got to see it again. It. I've heard mixed things about it. It's long. Really? Yeah, way long. It's like, what, three and a half, four hours? It's definitely three and a three and something. Jeez, man. But honestly, I didn't even give a shit about the story because really? the visuals were so crazy yeah. that I was just so impressed. Well, that's the whole reason the first one even did so well. It looks crazy real. Yeah. I was blown away. I could not believe that that was fake. That's nuts. Yeah, I'm going to have to take a look at that one, too. Because, again, I haven't seen <laughs> all these ones that are still at theaters. Yeah, you need to get out of the theaters. Yeah, for sure. The ones that I have seen recently, though, have you seen Bullet Train? I did. What did you think of that one? Because I, I kind of was into it. Yeah. I, I was. There were certain aspects of it that I was into. Yeah. I like the uh, – and I'm, like, so picky, dude, so don't mm-hmm. judge me. No, but totally. The relationship between the two assassins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, guy that like tells the story about Thomas the Train. Yeah, no uh, one's gonna know what we're talking about. Tangerine, Mr. Tangerine, Tangerine and uh, not Mister. That's more of like a Reservoir Dogs thing. Tangerine and what was the other one? Oh, man. Now I got a yeah, Jamie. Look it up, young Jamie. Where young you at, Jamie? Um, again, this is bad, man. I, this is why we need a Jamie. Yeah, but I always get way bogged down in the in the archetypes of the story. Mm-hmm. But I love that as like brothers from you know completely separate backgrounds yeah like brothers in relationship only not in blood yeah i love that idea it's so cool well yeah. and d- weren't they like adopted too and were they weren't they like actually brothers i can't remember how they were brothers brothers but just the idea of those two completely opposite people yeah like being so tightly bound like that idea always uh intrigues me mm-hmm. and i think it's a good storytelling device oh for sure yeah it was lemon and tangerine lemon and tangerine lemon that's and tangerine. it I thought it was cool how he like talks about like his character, Brad Pitt's character keeps talking about how unlucky he is. Yeah. 
and then in that one last he's just scene, super he's lucky like, yeah just yeah. crazy lucky well he's always lucky throughout the whole show yeah exactly oh, that's shot. True, yeah. he dodges everything like he accidentally falls down and doesn't get shot like yeah he's just completely lucky the whole time but he thinks he's unlucky because his uh missteps result in deaths of others yeah yeah <laughs> so i but thought that was actually alive. really funny yeah that yeah, was good a, it's kind of a cool plot device too that like his idea of unlucky is truly lucky yeah i don't know i, think I it's no, cool. i thought it was actually worth watching yeah i liked it a lot there's some movies like that too where i'll just give it a pass because yeah. i'm like i'm just here for the for the fun aspect of it yeah i don't care so much about you know because you can get way deep on stories yeah totally and so if you're like too serious then you can't enjoy some of the better movies i'm with that for sure yeah that makes sense did you um have you been watching the last of us show at all yeah i thought it was really good really yeah um what do you think of that last episode have you seen the fourth one yet yes okay it was entertaining i watched the whole thing yeah it's like a more slow-paced show yeah for sure. um and i thought i really like and obviously i'm biased that especially at this point in my life like mm-hmm. i have a little girl so the relationship between the main character and the little girl as they like grow closer over the show I love that aspect of the show, mm-hmm. especially it's like very realistic. Yeah, totally. And, um, not in a cheesy sense. They just actually grow like an organic and good bond. Oh yeah. And I feel like the writing's really good with them. Yeah, I think so too. And Pedro Pascal is just always, he's a great actor. Oh, amazing. He's awesome. I feel like he is, but also like, what does he actually say? Yeah, that's true. Cause in the Mandalorian, he doesn't say much. Yeah. And he's got all. a helmet on. Yeah. And then in the last of us, he doesn't say almost anything. That's true. He's real quiet. But he does that character so yeah, well. He does. He does. Did, what was the one he just did? Quiet with, um, indifference. Yeah. What was the one he just did with what's his name? The National Treasure guy. Oh. Uh, Do you know what movie I'm Nicholas talking about? Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. It's like insane. Some uh, the extreme weight of insane talent or something yeah. like that. I don't remember what it was called. I saw the first 35 minutes of it on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was dying laughing. Really? Yeah. I've heard really good things about that movie. Oh, I was shit my pants laughing because Nick Cage is such a nut. Yeah. And it's almost too real. Yeah. We're like, did he actually, is this what his life is? <laughs> like, yeah. Because the beginning's just so messed up. I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, it's just sure. like, him and these situations with his family and his ego and how nuts he is mm-hmm. and you you're just who would write this yeah you know what i mean this got to be real in some sense that's interesting so i was laughing about that I've, i gotta see it so you've only seen the first 35 minutes yeah i didn't finish it because and i obviously got off the plane but um mm-hmm. i'm like tempted to buy it but it didn't catch me enough to i'll, I'll just finish on the next plane flight you know? that makes sense that yeah. makes a lot of sense I mean, you're going, you're flying out this weekend. Yeah. So you got some time. We'll watch it. You have to let me know what you think. I'll watch the end of it and see what <laughs> I think. But I think it turns into like a date night. Like, oh, interesting. The killers are after him and he's, you know, getting out of it. So, yeah, for sure. But the beginning was real and raw. And I was like, dang. I hope this isn't his real life. Yeah, for sure. Because it's sad as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> dang, man. That's crazy. Yeah. As a movie fan, what would you say are the must watch movies that everybody just needs to see? Because for me, I got a couple, but like, I want to see your perspective on this. Hmm. I actually wrote down a list. Oh, heck yeah. Let's see. Not for this podcast, but. Well, I mean, it's good to just have on hand. <laughs> I actually was dating this girl, and um, I'm such an inside joke weirdo, you mm-hmm. know? You know how movie people are. Oh, yeah. If like somebody's way into movies, they 
you know, are always referencing them mm-hmm. and all this other shit. Just right off the rip. I can't find the list, but oh, it's okay. So anyways, this girl was dating her. Uh, constantly referencing shit and she doesn't mm-hmm. get it. And so I'm like, oh, I want to like make this person into someone that I like would love. Yeah, know? for sure. So I'm like, watch these movies, get all these references. And so I just put on there The Matrix, Gladiator, okay. um, The Departed, Braveheart. I just went down the list of like yeah. my favorites, like Lord of the Rings, obviously. And, um, yeah, I wrote out like 20 movies um, and just kind of put like my favorite directors. Like Chris Nolan's obviously one of my favorites. Good I'm pick. super into his movies, um, even though a lot of people say they're unemotional. Yeah, for sure. I feel like some of them aren't, but a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, those would be like my top, like uh, Interstellar. Even though it can be boring on a rewatch, yeah, its initial shock value and like what it is and how the story plays out and how it plays with time, I love those concepts. The Matrix is always one of my number ones. Um, the original Matrix, the other three that come after, not so much. I still really respect two and three just for like their philosophical leanings. Yeah, totally. they get way philosophical. And then they just throw in random action scenes. Yeah. So they're kind of jumbled up. And so people tend to not like them as much. Where number one's like a fully actualized story mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, Thomas Anderson or Neo, however you want to look at it. Yeah. And so that to me, Gladiator. I mean, have you seen Gladiator with Russell Crowe? The first four movies you said I didn't, I haven't seen any of Holy them. shit. <laughs> Immediately go home and watch those. I will for sure. They're old men movies, but they're yeah. so good. Um, rom-coms i'm big on rom-coms oh yeah uh, i love cer- certain yeah. certain so uh silver linings playbook that's a good one that's Ooh. a solid movie top 10 for me and then um i also really like forgetting sarah marshall that's a good one too yeah like just comedy one. stuff mm-hmm. have you um, seen 500 days of summer i have that that's one of my top i do like movies. that one as well it's a little too real yeah it is yeah same I with silver linings i like it yeah. yeah they're both yeah very real very real so yeah, those would be my top just right off the bat. I'd have to think about it a little bit more to give you a, a, a consolidated list. But for sure, for sure, if you haven't seen um, Braveheart, or if you haven't seen Gladiator, or if you haven't seen The Matrix or The Departed, have you seen The Departed? Uh uh-uh. Okay, so it's Matt Damon and Leo. Okay. DeCap. Yeah. Just the man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a Boston crime drama. So good. The Departed. No, you should it? watch it tonight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Departed. Yeah. It's R, so watch out. Okay. I'm cool with that. The Departed. All right, making a note of that right now. Yeah, that's for sure. And as far as, like, when we were talking about quality filmmaking, um, it's directed by Martin Scorsese. Oh, yeah. And there's scenes in it that I could just rewatch a 100 times. Really? Yeah. They're just so good. Just they're so well-crafted. Mm-hmm. And... They fit so well into the story. Sometimes you'll have a movie, and it's almost like a skit, um, like a skit show. Yeah. Like, you know how um, Saturday Night Live is just a bunch of skits all thrown together? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes movies feel like that. Yeah, There's totally. really good scenes, and then just complete shit scenes right after. <laughs> and then really good scenes, and yeah. then complete shit scenes. And so when a movie just executes on, like, a full story, like, all the way through, mm-hmm. and every skit is good, then I'm like, that's a great movie. For sure. Where, like, not one scene in it was, I was like, this is shit. Yeah. Every scene, I'm like, wow. 
this really fits and is good all right i'll, I'll definitely watch it then for sure yeah that one i'll report back to you i would say flawless okay yeah I've heard really good things about it. That's on a lot of people's list for like their top movies to watch. Yeah. It's also crazy. Yeah. So it keeps you wildly entertained, but then the story's so rich that you're just like, wow. So really that I could not recommend that movie more. All right. I'm going to have to take a look for sure. That's uh, have you, some of my top ones. Uh, have you seen fantastic Mr. Fox? I have not. It's a weird movie kind of a kids movie but like i i feel like i watch it every year on thanksgiving because it's like one of my go-to movies it's one of the only thanksgiving movies i can think of that movie is um, amazing it's a wes anderson <laughs> randomly film. deep yeah randomly deep super funny in a lot of different ways i do like wes anderson though. he's got a good style yeah. he does oh, what's the one with ralph fines and the butler the uh, hotel yeah the hotel uh, Grand budapest hotel yeah that one's really good that one's and awesome. then the one with uh edward norton and it's boy scouts yeah uh moonrise kingdom yeah i really like moonrise kingdom too that was a good one. those were two really good movies wes anderson is just a good director he is really and like it's him. his own thing it's oh, yeah. so bizarre when they ski yeah. down the hill and it's just yeah. totally fake and it's you're so bad but it's you're so like good. out of it but in it but out of it then in it yeah so i'm just like okay i could do this it's so good though his stuff every, everything wes anderson makes i always feel like i'm i know i'm gonna be in for a treat um the uh what's the one that they just came out the french dispatch i haven't seen it that one's a pretty good one you just take a look it's on hbo max right now so it's it's attainable french dispatch yeah that was a good one for sure. i just started a show yesterday uh-huh what was it it's hard to get me into series really yeah because i'm so critical of first episodes i feel that yeah and if i don't if it doesn't catch me immediately i'm just like ah, fuck this thing yeah for and sure unless somebody's like no stick with it yeah um but it's called shrinking someone was telling me about that the other it's day actually really funny yeah and i love the main character even though he's a total creep and weirdo huh. um in real life yeah jason something he's the guy hmm. in forgetting sir marshall oh okay yeah yeah. jason siegel yeah yeah he's so funny to me oh yeah he's hilarious oh his whole dracula like that must be a real thing for him because in everything <laughs> he's in he's like oh it's a dracula voice and yeah for just sure. like this is so weird but also hilarious yeah so yeah, that one's really, really funny. I've heard shrinking is good. I hear it's kinda like Ted Lasso in that like everyone weird references feel to Ted Lasso. It. I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. That one I don't know, as a like a film nut, I don't know if you would dig it like that, but it's it's hilarious and it also kinda like draws you in and invet like gets you emotionally invested in it to the point where you almost feel like you're gonna cry some episodes. Mm-hmm. But you'll like laugh your ass off yeah so it's a good one i it's worth taking a look at least the guy who wrote both of them so same writer that's why yeah yeah everyone says that he is actually the guy who's playing hercules in the mcu yeah i saw him on like a late night tv show yeah i'm like really comedy (laughs) writer also playing a superhero yeah fuck this guy yeah why is he so talented so yeah apparently the writing's very similar that's Mm -hmm. why i'm trying to avoid the ted lasso show until i'm done Uh, shrinking that I makes wanna, sense. Like, taint my idea of the show. That makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Like the lucky loser that always comes out on top with the moral, mm-hmm. you know, high ground or whatever. Yeah, like that's sort of the the color I get from the show. Interesting. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to see Ted Lasso <laughs> once you're done because it'll be interesting. Yeah. Do you know how many seasons of Shrinking there is? It's the first season, I think. There's just one right now. Yeah, just okay. one. I'm gonna have to take a look then. Because I think in the past two days, you're the second person to talk to me about it. So Yeah. No, I think it just came out. I think there's only four episodes out right now. Oh, so and they're still being released. Yeah. Oh. 
and episode one's really catchy. That's probably why a lot of people said that. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm hard to get. I'm hard to get on the first episode. And I was For like, sure. you know what? This is good. Yeah. You're like I'll stick with this one. Yeah. That's dope. So you're definitely more of a movie guy than you are a, a series guy. Uh, I don't know. The, a, a series I'd recommend. Mm-hmm. It's like so hardcore though. Mm-hmm. So, uh, warning. Yeah. But <laughs> dark on Netflix. Okay. D A R K. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to say anything about it other than like hang in there for four episodes mm-hmm. and then you're hooked. Okay. There's only three seasons. They start it and end it and then there's done. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I'll have to take a look at that one too. And to any of the viewers that also should take a look for sure. <laughs> All the viewers. All the viewers. <laughs> That's dope, man. Well, hey, this has been fun. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for opening your home to me. Yeah. Um, where can we find you anywhere? Do you do you want to be found as far as like social media? Nope. No worries, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, cool. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah.